Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week well. Um, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Not feeling so great these days. Uh, fell a little off yesterday and today, but I'm pushing through. We're going to get through this together. Got a great show planned for you. It's Pride Month, so... Uh, uh, I know it's <clears throat> winding down, but pride goes all through the summer. So I wanted to just spend some time and, and we'll circle back to this in a minute talking about um, asexuality. Why? Well, because it's something that exists and we want to better understand it. And there's a lot within that discussion for people that are maybe what we call um, <clears throat> Excuse me. See? See? Not feeling well. So everyone is either asexual or allosexual. I know. All these new terms. I love it. I love new words. It helps us, again, legitimize, understand ourselves, explain ourselves. And these meant, these are not meant to be hardline definitions, but allosexual is someone who's sexual. Asexual is someone who does not <clears throat> necessarily experience sexual attraction. Um, and some have a sex drive, some don't. That's separate. We'll talk about that. Um, but this just speaks to, again, the beauty and diversity of sexuality. And <clears throat> topics like this are really, really, really important at all times because culturally we're still getting very familiar with um, all the beautiful different healthy ways that people can exist in the world relationally and erotically, right? Um, and this kind of comes out of the news. So I'm not sure if you guys heard about this. I don't know how widespread this is, but uh, Zach Weiner, he has a leaked video and he was in New York, uh, New York City Post are the people that broke this. And he's um, <clears throat> city council district six candidate. Uh, now, the only reason why I bring this up and I bring this in is because he's made this something that he is openly discussing as a way to try to normalize this. So as, as happens, sadly, in political races, right? And... Uh, um, when it's time to vote and, um, sorry, I'm totally, uh, reading where he's from as I'm saying this, because I'm not hundred percent familiar with this individual, but long story short, yes, he was running for a position and someone leaked videos of him, um, engaging in kinky sexuality. And I don't need to say much more than that because I don't know what that has to do with someone's ability to run for a political office. In my mind, cool. Like, I don't need to know that. Can we get back to talking about where you stand on the important issues around which you'll represent your, you know, the people that voted for you and the, um, things that are most meaningful to them, right? Because you're, you're a stand in for them. So what someone decides to do as an adult with another consensual adult at home, don't care about. Now, it turned out that we were talking about someone who was problematically or toxically participating in something. Okay, cool. But, um, Someone having a diverse, you know, creative sex life does not, to me, make them unsuitable or incompetent to run for a political office or to be someone's doctor or to uh, be someone's teacher. You know, we really need to problematize that people will release others' private videos. That's the issue. Not that someone did this thing that we have video footage of, right? But somehow instead of focusing on who released this and why why did they do that? And that's not okay. And that's actually a form of sexual abuse. Yes, if you send someone's photos or videos that they've sent to you uh, and done anything with them, that's a form of sexual abuse and also psychological abuse. So you're an abuser and we should be talking about that. But instead what we're talking about is this person and their sex life and what we think of that. And it's like, that's, that's not, that was not meant to be made for, you know, public consumption and public judgment, but yet it is. So anyway, what I love about this individual, um, Zach Weiner is that he came out saying, yeah, that's right. Enjoy. I have no shame around that. And that has nothing to do with the office that I'm running for. And let's get back to talking about that. And I think that that's how it should be handled. I talked about this way back when, when celebrities tapes and pictures were being leaked. 
um, shame on the person who's leaking them. And I was really proud of those celebrities that were like, I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to apologize for it. I've done absolutely nothing wrong. Let's shame and problematize the person who released these. That's And also now that more and more people are, you know, earning income on sites like OnlyFans because a lot of industries do not pay, do not pay fair wages or industry standards, right? Again, we're still seeing signs of restaurants saying can't, you know, can't get enough workers or opening late or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, if you run your, your business on the oppression of workers, they're not going to work for you. You don't have a right to workers. If you take care of them and you give them living wages and healthcare, then you won't have a problem. And companies that have raised their wages are, have deluge of people trying to send in resumes and get, you know, get jobs there. So that's how that kind of works. So let's stop judging people in the wrong ways. Right. And let's actually put accountability on the people who need the accountability. So you know, again, a lot of people are using OnlyFans. We have to get familiar with people's erotic photos being out there. As I always say over and over and over, we learn we need to learn how to better encounter eroticism and get rid of the phobia and the anxiety, but more importantly, not judging people. Um, this person's private life was aired. I'd be horrified if my private life outside of my decision-making, my control, AKA non-consensually and abusively was violently released. That's a form, as I said, of sexual abuse and psychological abuse. We need to start calling it what it is. So this person, Zach, is a victim. And I'm sorry that it falls on his shoulders to try to defend himself, but beautifully said, he's like, I'm not, I'm an adult. And I was like, more power to you. That makes me want to vote for someone like him. In fact, when I find out that people have lived full lives, I do want to vote for them. I don't want to vote for a stiff, conservative who doesn't understand how the world works and hasn't fully participated in it, right? Like we've been there before. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. And when we come back, we're gonna be talking a little bit about all the different kinds of uh, romantic configurations and sexual configurations. Reminder for some, new information for others and uh, legitimizing and part of building mental health for those who need to hear this. So uh, stick around, something for us all to learn in that. And then of course, we'll be gliding into those DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astrolide. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back. Love this. Before we get to the main topic, excuse me, during the break, I was kind of flipping through some news in the BBC News. Bumble. Last week closed its offices to give burnout staff a week's break. That's how you do it, y'all. If your employees are burnout or tired, man, take care of them. They're burnout and tired because of you. <laughs> give them a break. Pay them for it too. That's how you take care of it. It's 700 staff worldwide have been told to switch off and focus on themselves. One senior executive revealed on Twitter that founder Whitney Hurd had made the move, having correctly intuited our collective burnout. I love that. That's so stunning, so well done, and I wish people would be inspired by that. Um, mental health matters. Let's start taking care of the people that we claim to care about, you know? Uh, okay, so Pride Month still goes on. It was not just June. Pride Month rolls on. Different weeks and different cities have different events, so get out there. Take your kids to it. Kids should see all these different kinds of expressions of creative, diverse forms of relationality and sexuality. That's the world we live in. That's the world they're growing up and entering into. Um, so... So much to unpack in this. So kind of bear with me. We've talked a little bit about this. I'm trying to normalize this. Um, 
you have to remember that part of dating, part of being in a relationship with anyone, and when I say relationship, I don't mean romantic. A lot of people think that when you say, oh, are you in a relationship? Yes, we're in multiple relationships. I personally am someone's son. I am someone's brother, right? I'm someone's friend. I'm someone's romantic partner, right? So I have a lot of different relationships, but the ability to really be present in a relationship and to show up fully requires us to have confidence, right, in who we are. One of the goals I've always set for myself and for the people I work with is to have total authentic presence in every and all settings, right? Um, and when we're dating or in non-romantic relationships with people, again, if we have shame or guilt, right, or anxiety about a part of who we are, not only do we withhold that specific piece, but we withhold anything that's connected or related to that piece. So it starts to roll out these boundaries that go further and further and keep pushing out because we don't want to have to live in, disclose, or acknowledge certain parts of ourselves. So that's why we talk about these things. And that's why I appreciate with the acronym LGBTQIA+, people are like, oh my God, there's so many letters. Well, that's right, because right now we're still working on giving people full shape, letting people occupy space, helping people label who they are, helping people feel legitimate, helping people you know, develop and connect to community, helping people explain and better understand who they are. And it's gonna be a while while we're still doing that. And I think that's a beautiful thing, right? <clears throat> people are complex. People have a lot of diversity to them. And all of this helps them better understand who they are. Um, now, one of the things that I think throws people off, and I see that happen in my office, and we're still not talking enough about it, is that there's a difference between, um, excuse me, that was my phone. Uh, there's a difference between someone's erotic and sexual orientation, right? Which is about gender and body and environment et cetera, et cetera, because our sexuality is far bigger than just gender choice. Know that. We tend to only link it to gender choice. All the terms tend to be tied to gender, but we are bigger and more than that. But we're so obsessed with gender. Second piece is we also have a relational orientation, and they are not both always the same. Asexuality, people that don't inherently have sex desire, little or no sexual attraction, that doesn't mean that they don't have romantic attraction or desire for partnership because they're two separate things. And we know that if you're currently or have been in a romantic relationship, there are times where it is not romantic or erotic, but yet you still want to be with them. You enjoy them. You desire them. It's that relational level, that relational piece that we're really speaking to and living from. So remember that there's a difference between sexual desire and sexual attraction and romantic desire and romantic attraction, and they don't always line up. Okay, so what does that look like in the real world? Well, we'll get there. Because here's an example. Someone can be asexual, right? Which again, means that they don't have sexual attraction, but they still might have relational attraction and interest. They still want partnership. They still wanna maybe hold someone's hand, do something with someone, be someone's primary, sleep next to someone, live with someone, raise, a raise children with someone. They just don't necessarily have an interest in sexuality. So they might be asexual, that's their sexuality. In terms of sex and eroticism, they don't have attraction towards anything, but are they heteroromantic, thereby liking the opposite sex, or homoromantic, thereby wanting partnership and dating of the same gender? Sorry, I'm using different words. Or you can be asexual, maybe biromantic, which means I don't have sexual attraction, but in terms of my relational interests, I'm down for anyone, right? Or any combination. And that's important because I work with people that will say, I don't have a desire for sexuality, but yet I feel drawn to people on other levels and I wanna date them. I don't understand, I thought I was asexual. And that's when you say, and, we, and this is everyone has this, there might be genders, right? Or expressions or certain kinds of sexuality that we're interested in, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are relationally drawn to that. And that's meaningful to a lot of people. So let's look at a list of, excuse me, uh, some of the common romantic orientations. And again, remember, this is not about sexual interest or desire attraction. This is just mainly about partnership, relationality, right? So someone can be aromantic, just like asexual, which might mean they have little or no romantic attraction to anyone. Some people are more solo-based. We've talked about that on the show. Some people are solo-sexual. They are geared towards sex with themselves. They're not really interested in having sex with other people. Well, romanticism can work that way as well. Not everyone is inherently drawn towards pair bonding. And it's interesting when people are shocked to hear some of these things because it's fascinating what we will accept, right? 
uh, we hear heinous examples of what human beings will do to each other all day long, things that hurt my heart and I can't imagine. But then if we say something like, ah, and some people don't have a sexuality or some people don't have romantic interests, we're like, well, hold up a minute. And it's like, I, people still do that with bisexuality. It's amazing what they'll believe, aliens, God, um, that their partner won't you know, uh, 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 cheat on them again. Uh, that parents don't always love their children and often harm their children. Like some really, really torturous stuff. But liking both genders, no way. Too far. It's fascinating. Uh, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to keep breaking this down. Uh, and maybe you might learn more about yourself in this and say, hey, that's me, you know, feeling normalized. Because that's really what a lot of people want in our world, just to feel normal. Uh, all right, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back and um, breaking down the difference between sexual or erotic orientation and romantic orientation. Again, unfortunately, this is still very gender based. But as I always remind people, your erotic or sexual orientation, gay, straight, bi, pan, whatever it is, uh, sexually fluid, that doesn't that's that doesn't say it at all because it's not just, oh, I'm gay. So I like the same gender. No, you don't literally typically like everyone of that gender. Just like straight people don't always like everyone of the opposite gender. There's a lot more to it. Body shapes, sizes, smells, scenarios. Like there's so many, there's so much more richness to all of it. So of course this is the same way. So we're talking about the fact that <clears throat> the different romantic orientations that some people are aromantic, which means they're not necessarily geared towards relationship. And that comes out of when we talk about singledom. You know, we really shame people that are single. We think that there's something wrong with them. We assume that everyone should and does want partnership. Not everyone does. Some people are like, I'm good. And that's not always a response. That's not always in response to an intimacy issue and an attachment disorder or a trauma. It can be. But for some, they're just like, no, that's just not how I'm wired, right? Just like not every individual wants to be a parent. Not every woman wants to be a mother. And that doesn't mean there's something bad or wrong with them. It's called diversity. Again, we see this in the plant and animal kingdom. There's such a wealth of diversity. Again, I have to keep reminding myself to come back and really present that to you. It's quite profound and, and, and mind-blowing. Um, there's also biromantic, which means you have the potential to be interested in either or all genders to date. Demi-romantic, we're getting a little more familiar with that, and that's who someone who initially doesn't experience romantic interest, right? But as you spend time and get to know someone, that starts to develop. Heteromantic, you only experience romantic attraction to people of a different gender than you. Homoromantic, you experience romantic attraction to people of the same gender. And then as I talk oftenly on the show about polyromantic, which means you have the potential to be attracted to many people of different genders. Um, and that that's a little different than polyamory, which is about, that's more of a relational structure, wanting to be in multiple relationships, where polyromantic tends to just mean I have the interest or desire to be with different genders relationally, but that doesn't necessarily mean at the same time. It just means it's not one gender that I seem to want relationality with, right? So that's not exhaustive. There's things that fall in between outside of some people filter through, and that's what I love about these topics. Mental health is always an open-ended system that's always evolving, always a changing. I think that's really beautiful. Um, <clears throat> but as we know and get a better understanding of who we are, we can better explain ourselves and normalize who we are. Um, now that doesn't mean that all asexual people have to date other asexual individuals. It can go great if they do, right? Because then there's no frustration around lack of sexual desire. Um, and some asexuals are open to having sexuality. It's not something that they seek. It's not necessarily something that they feel drawn to, but they're open to it. And maybe they do it because it makes their partner happy or they can, you know, feel close to someone. Um, because when we talk about asexuality, we have to break it down. There's people that are sex neutral where they're like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. If my partner's interested in it, I'll do it for them. And the release feels good, but it's not something I have desire for. Others might be more sex uh, phobic or sex repulsed where they're like, yeah, that actually turns me off. That's not something I'm interested in. And that will never happen in totality. Um, so asexual people do have, do have willingness, um, right? It's consensual, right? But they're not they're not, they're more neutral about it. They're like, I'll do it for someone else. And that can be a consensual form of sexuality where it's not going to harm anyone. You're open to it. It's not necessarily something you're desiring, but you have a neutral opinion about. So there's what we call like a willingness and that's healthy to be willing. Often that's how sex lives go for most people is not necessarily interested or seeking it, but your partner's interested and you're like, yeah, I'm willing. I'll go along. We do that all the time for people we care about. You know, sex doesn't have to be any different. 
So that's the question. Like, am I just neutral or am I repulsed? That's what an asexual has to ask themselves. Uh, what's their preferred relational structure? If you were to date someone, which might lead to sex or maybe not, what, what gender presentation would you be interested in, right? Do you want to date someone who's also asexual? Um, and resources, uh, tons of them, which is great because there was a time when there was none. I remember doing research way back when with an early client of mine who you know, couldn't really find dating apps, dating sites, uh, community building pages, and, and now there's so much. Um, you can start a club, you can go on IG. I mean, it, it, the wealth is out there. All you have to do is basically Google. But, you know, just remember as always, because the question that comes after that a little bit is, you know, why, how, how do I explain this? How do I come out to others? And the answer is cautiously. I, I always I always say that as my disclaimer because I don't know the worlds that individuals are swimming in. I don't know the individuals that they spend time with their mental health, their sexual health, how they're gonna respond to these things, how educated they are. So I always tell people, make sure you're educated first. Make sure you're very confident and aware of who you are and what you're trying to communicate. And once you have that, then you can step forward and start to share that with others. But they have to go on their journey as well. You had to go on yours. You had to take time to figure it out to make sense of it. And so they might have to do that too. But when we disclose parts of ourselves, any part of ourselves to someone, it's a gift. And so we want to do it with people that are going to say thank you. You know, that's maybe interesting to hear. Or I wasn't aware of that, but thank you for telling me. Like, that's, that's the answer. So if you're on the receiving end of someone coming out about any element of themselves, please make sure your answer is like, thank you for telling me. Thank you for trusting me enough to tell me. Thank you for caring enough about to tell me. Thank you for caring enough about our whatever kind of relationship we have where you want me to you know, deeply know who you are. That's what that is. Um, all right, I'm gonna take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna be gliding into those DMs. So uh, stick around. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. Stick around, because we'll be back. All right, we're back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs, brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my best friend is struggling to find her confidence. She never wants to go out anymore, <clears throat> constantly complaining about her weight and her diet. I don't want to push her, but it's really hard to watch her go through this. Is there an easy or less threatening way to address these issues with her? Um, just be supportive. I don't, I don't know that they need to be addressed. I don't know that you're the right one to address them. I don't know what addressing them means because I appreciate that you want her to go out more, right? You said that she never wants to go out anymore. That's okay, that's not a clinical issue. So I don't wanna say, you know, we have to get her out there. But I appreciate that she might've said or done things that imply she's struggling with her body and her relationship to food. Um, yeah, that's why this actual, it's funny timing-wise. The next segment, we're gonna talk about ways to kind of step outside of this idea that we need to lose weight, look a certain way, our relationship with food. So we're gonna heal all that. So the next segment's gonna kind of answer what we need to be doing, and you can be doing that as an ally to her struggles, but be where she, you have to meet her where she's at. You can't force her along the path. You can't make her move at your pace. You're struggling, you're frustrated, um, it's hard to see your friend struggle, but it, don't make it about you, right? I'm not saying you necessarily are, but I want to put that in there. Let her be where she's at. This is a lifelong piece of work. It's hard for us to live in this world as it's currently set up where everyone's saying, lose weight, take this diet pill, cheat days, gym body, beach body. It's exhausting. And all of us have difficult relationships these days with food and our bodies because of that. <clears throat> so she struggling with her confidence. Nothing we can do can inherently resolve that. I don't know what that's rooted in for her, right? She never wants to go out anymore. That's okay. She doesn't need to, <laughs> right? If you want to see her more, maybe say to her, I'd love to spend time with you. Is there a day or, or something we can do that feels comfortable for you? Let me know. And if she doesn't follow up on that, then that's not where she's at. And you need to honor that boundary and letting her be where she's at. All you can lovingly do is say, I care about you, I'm here. If you wanna talk, I'll listen. And I'd love to spend more time with you, let me know when I can see you, and that's your job. You can't heal her, you can't force her along, you can't get her there sooner. <clears throat> and maybe there's other things going on. So don't push her. It's difficult, as you said, it's hard to watch her go through this, great. But it's harder for her to be going through it. And so that's what's centered and prioritized, right? Her path, her struggle. And some people, 
they're not in the action phase. They're in the stages of change, what change what we call in the contemplation stage or the pre-contemplation stage. Pre-contemplation means they haven't even decided that there's an issue to solve. Contemplation means I just need to be processing and talking about it. She might be in that content contemplation, talking and processing stage for months, years. That happens a lot of mental health things where people are like, I want to talk about it, I need to process it, look at what resources are available. Doesn't mean they're ready to pull, you know, and, and get right into action. But um, just be there for her. This is a life's work. Next segment, we're going to clarify some of that. But um, it's hard to uh, be on the journey with some people because we wish they'd resolve it, resolve it now, do it faster, do it cleaner, do it better. I don't know. You know, we can't all have the same expectations put upon us, but I'm glad she has you. But don't push her, don't rush her. And the issue shouldn't be about going out or not. It should be about her mental health. Excuse me. And maybe right now, staying in might be better and easier for her because sometimes to quote unquote go out means we have to encounter in a way we're not ready for how we feel about ourselves, our desirability, all sorts of other stuff come up. So let her be where she's at. You know what I mean? And you might need to allow time away or time apart if she's doing more internal based stuff or whatever's going on. So just make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're focusing on your other friends, spending time with them, right? Doing self-care stuff. But I appreciate how hard it is when a friend of ours or someone we care about is struggling and we're like, look, this is what you need to do. Let's do this. And they're just kind of not there or not ready, you know? It's kind of how it goes. Uh, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Uh, whatever you're wondering about, we got answers for you. So drop your question in there. Try to help when we can. And uh, also try to provide some resources. If you got a topic you want me to cover, drop deeper into. Also, share that with me. And uh, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes. Binge them, post them, share them. Um, good stuff. Also, check out my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. Both of them are really good stuff. Um, yeah, but when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, really working on our relationship to our bodies because summer's here and we're still, still got some of those problematic concepts that we're talking about. Uh, so stick around and join us. You are listening to Love Line on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. Stick around. We'll be back. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back and uh, summer is here. Going to do a little uh, body health, mental health check-in. How do you take care of yourself, especially around individuals that um, gym-wise might be triggering? I know a lot of people are getting out there. They're taking classes. They want to be healthier. They want to move their bodies. People are struggling with their relationship to themselves as a result of coping mechanisms and time away from things. So it's a whole swirl, but I really want to make sure we're taking care of our mental health. And so I'm working with some clients that are returning to uh, seeing their friends, socializing, dating, going back to the gym or dance classes, workout classes. And there's a lot of body shaming and body negativity, AKA there's a lot of like content that's really triggering. And I want people to be able to take care of themselves. Not everyone wants to participate in gym or diet culture. It's quite toxic for all of us and to be moving through the day or the world and we're constantly being reminded you got to look a certain way you got to get a beach body you got to lose the COVID pounds like none of that's real or healthy for us all we need to do is what feels good to us and to move and there's so many different ways for us to take care of ourselves and to move if that's something you're interested in I don't health please you don't have to be physically healthy that's a personal decision that's not on me but I care about people's mental health and that's often from the outside in meaning People trying to take care of their mental health is often meaning them going up against the kind of world we live in that's being forced on them, having to see billboards, conversations, hear things in songs on the television. It's exhausting. Like where the safe space is away from having to consider and think about your body and what it looks like and blah, 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 blah. It's exhausting. I find it exhausting. And I'm willing to participate to some element with gym culture because I actually like lifting weights. It's something I've been doing since a teenager. And back when I started doing as a teenager, we didn't talk about gym bodies. My friends weren't really going to the gym unless they were athletes. And it was very rare. There weren't many gyms, period. This was a long time ago. And so I was doing because it, it felt really good. It was really fun. And there was a science to it. It was so interesting to me. So I enter it from that level. And I've witnessed just the rise and the normalization. And there's so many things that we've allowed ourselves to just normalize that are part of disordered eating and disordered use of the gym and body dysmorphia. So I wanna talk about ways for individuals to really take care of themselves and protect themselves from triggers. Um, there is a lot we can do. And remember, this is part of your mental health. So you don't need to apologize for doing these things, asking for these things, implementing these things. This is like the bare minimum. 
and everyone has a right to take care of their mental health. And anyone who cares about you will support you in doing so. And if they don't, then we have to worry about what that person's role in your life is and where their levels of empathy are and their own emotional intelligence, right? If you're taking care of yourself and someone's pushing back on that, that's a red flag. It might even be a deal breaker, right? So we really want to be aware of that. So first off is one of the most basic spaces is conversations that you're around and that you participate in. Um, You don't need to be around or participate. The minute you feel these conversations coming on, and I've shared this with you on the show before, you have a right to say to those around you, I'm going to stop you. I'm really not interested in talking about bodies or I'm going to stop you. We're starting to talk, you know, really in a body shaming way and I'm not, and I'm no longer participating in those conversations. There's nothing constructive or meaningful in them. And I decided that in my own life many years ago. I was working on the set of a show and um, I rolled in and I was wearing a, a very tight shirt. Um, doesn't matter why, doesn't matter what. And one of the producers commented on my body and said, oh, looking really good. Looks like you're going to the gym. It actually made me uncomfortable. Um, I know as a man, I'm not as familiar as women are with being sexualized or eroticized, but it still happens and it happens a lot. Um, and you know what's really interesting in those moments are you're forced to stop. And I don't know that day exactly how I felt about my body, but I wasn't even wanting to consider it. I didn't want to be thought of in those terms. That just wasn't where I'm at. That's not the parts of myself I value. So it's lost on me where it's like, okay, cool. I don't know. That's not a compliment because that's not something that's important to me. Um, It's part of my self-care. It's fun for me. But I remember saying like, hey, um, I appreciate you trying to give me a compliment, but I actually ask people to not really weigh in or comment on my body. It's not for public judgment. I hate that, you know, oh, you look great. You look like you're losing weight. You look great. You look like you're gaining weight. Well, you don't even know exactly why I'm gaining weight or losing weight. It might be tied to something horrific. You also don't know what my goals are. And you also don't know what my relationship is to my body and to disordered eating. And full disclosure, I have a history of body dysmorphia and some disordered eating. Men in our culture have that as much as women do. And we need to be very thoughtful about that. And so I'm very, very intense about, you know, that whole topic and so are my clients and it's something that's leaking everywhere. So we need to be very thoughtful, but you have a right to say to whoever you want, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your mom. I don't care if it's your boss. I don't care if it's your husband. I don't care. I don't care who it is. If someone's commenting on something that's making you uncomfortable, you tell them to please stop. And if it's negatively impacting your mental health, you can say to them, Hey, that's not really good for me. And if it's about your body, you have a right to say, that's not what I'm wanting most attention or critique on. And healthy people will say, thank you for telling me that. That won't happen again. Unhealthy people will try to make you feel bad that you made them feel bad. Oh, well, you can't take a compliment? I'm sorry, stop. I'm not going to carry your shame. You felt shamed because I set a boundary, and you're not familiar with people having boundaries set, apparently. But I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you struggling with that. But I've done nothing wrong, right? Like, that's what you have to say. Um, I'm, I'm walking through the gym, I'm walking through the world and I'm hearing these conversations everywhere and it's just quite fascinating. I'm still seeing people commenting on celebrities' bodies. It's, it's exhausting. Uh, we're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we're gonna talk about ways to deal with the triggers as we move into summer, which means a lot of body talk. Uh, so a little bit of a content warning for listeners that aren't really in a great headspace to be talking about this. You might wanna you know, check out of this one. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back and uh, we're talking about uh, how to deal with triggers and uncomfortable situations around our mental health, more importantly, through the entry point of our body. I appreciate everyone has different standards and thoughts um, about this topic. So this is for those that have struggled with disordered eating, uh, body dysmorphia, eating, you know, we said that, and just, or someone who just doesn't want to, someone who's learning how to live and love their larger body, their fat body, their disabled body, like all of this is tied to this idea that there's a right way that we're expected to look, right? That there's a healthy way and that we need to do that. We don't want a health police. Everyone gets to make individual decisions for themselves. Uh, Not everyone has to focus their life around desirability, right? That's not our number one goal in life to be as attractive as possible, (laughs) right? People also, often it's a privilege to be able to participate in gym or diet stuff because not everyone has access or finances or childcare or the energy right? Everyone has different energy levels due to physical mental health issues. Not everyone has access to a gym. Not everyone can afford home stuff. So no, it's not as easy as calories in, calories out. I get so exhausted when I hear people sling it around. They'll say, it's so easy. It's just move your body. That, that isn't as easy, actually. <laughs> people have depression, right? People are learning how to love their body. People have disabilities. There's a lot in there. 
So I, I want to I want to acknowledge and hold space for that. So the first thing we just talked about is you have a right to set boundaries on conversations. It can feel awkward. It can feel strange. People won't always understand. I've had weird moments where I've said to someone, hey, I'd like you to stop talking about my body. Even if you think you're giving me a compliment, it's exhausting. It makes me feel trapped. I don't like it. Ask me what I'm reading. Ask me what I'm thinking. Ask me what I'm writing. Ask me what I'm working on. I'll go there with someone happily because that's what I feel most confident in and what means most to me. You know what I mean? Um, also, dun, 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 you get to also set some of these boundaries if you do decide to go to the gym or a gym class. You have a right to say to the instructor, hey, I'm gonna ask to not get addressed or I'm gonna ask that you just let me participate to the ways I can, right? Or I'm here just to move my body. Um, I'm not necessarily going to be able to keep up with or looking to necessarily follow the intensity of everyone else in the class. I used to have to do that in spin classes. I don't have great knees. I had a knee injury. And when they're screaming at me to keep up with everyone, I realized they don't understand that everyone comes in there with different needs and different injuries. And so I started going up at the beginning of the class saying, hey, I'm going to participate to the extent that I can. I, it would be great if you would just let me sit in the back and, and challenge myself to the limits that are comfortable for me. And anyone healthy and professional will understand that. If they don't, well, you might want to have a little talk with them about the fact that their role is to be there for the different needs of everyone in the class. And maybe they don't really understand how fitness works, right? Um, you have a right to be there in whatever way you need to be there. I used to say that to people at 12-step meetings. You know, I remember um, hearing a client yelling at someone, they were recounting this, who was on their phone during the meeting. And I said, you know what? It's not really appropriate for you to weigh in on how other people show up to these spaces. And for some people, especially people with different neurologies, they might need to do that in order to manage anxiety, depression, ADHD. And that's what they need to do to be present. Worry more about what you're doing because if you're focusing on the person in the meeting on their phone, then you're also, then you're definitely not focused on the speaker and your reason for being there. Like we want to let people be. I see people rolling their eyes at people in the gym. I see people mocking them. You don't know what they're there for. You don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know how hard it might've been for them to get there that day. Shut your mouth. Seriously, because you're coming off like a horrible human being. You're no better than someone because you're there every day in your cute little outfit, perfectly gym bodied. Like that's your thing. Let people be where they are and how they need to be. The gym can be a very toxic place. And that's why a lot of people don't feel welcome there, which is that funny feedback loop. You know, we want people will body shame people saying they should get to the gym, but then when they get there, it's not a safe space and it's not even designed for their body, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of hypocriticalness in that. So let's work on that. Um, again, we're working on just empowering people around our toxic culture, around food and bodies, and it's the summer. People get a lot of anxiety and depression around this. It comes up <clears throat> pretty consistently with some individuals in my practice, and that's why we're talking about this, is you have a right to set boundaries, you have a right to feel comfortable, you have a right to ask for what you need. Um, labeling foods as bad or good, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that because not everyone's looking at food through the lens of will it allow me to have abs or not. <clears throat> People have different dietary needs. People have different ethical, political, and spiritual needs around food. Again, we live in things called food deserts where not everyone has access to food or the food they want or what you might call healthy, fresh food. Trust me, I agree. We need vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals and fiber. And God bless, yes, we need macros, but we need those micros a lot more. Those are what are more, more often related to heart disease and high blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but not everyone has the money or access. There are neighborhoods where they only have a local deli that doesn't carry maybe fresh fruits and vegetables. People are doing their best. So someone drinking juice might be their only way to get some vitamin C, you know? So again, we don't want to be classist. We don't want to be racist. We don't want to be sizist. Everyone's doing the best they can. But more importantly to those in this battle, you have a right to say to people, foods aren't good or bad. They just offer different things. And mental health, a mental health lens means that if you're thinking in terms of your mental health, it might be good for you to eat something that's quote unquote a bad food because it's bringing a little joy and pleasure into your otherwise difficult day. Or you're enjoying food with your family because you're baking together or you're on a date or you're traveling and you want to enjoy local foods. There's so many reasons. It's not as easy as calories in, calories out. Like that's very disordered in its eating. Food offers and affords us a lot more than just fuel. It's also cultural. It's also pleasurable. It's also romantic. It's also time with your family. And we want to have that fluidity and flexibility, right? Where we can participate in those ways. Um, also unfollowing certain social media accounts. There's, there's a good number of social media accounts that are quite obsessed with talking about weight loss, calorie counting, before and after photos. That's gonna be very 
very uh, mentally unhealthy and triggering and very toxic for a lot of individuals. Even if they aren't fitness accounts, that can come up with people that are talking about nutrition. Because um, often, again, we're not talking about actual health. We're talking about aesthetics, right? Um, all right, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking about uh, how to really have a better mental health perspective around our bodies as we... Um, go deeper and deeper into summer and have more and more triggers. So again, this isn't necessarily for everyone. I think we all can learn something in this because you might not be the victim. You might be the bully. And this might be a good check-in for you to realize, wow, I'm harming people. How can I be better? So stick around. It's important stuff. Um, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. And uh, again, we're talking about how to take care of ourselves and our psyche during the summer around a lot of this body shaming. It comes in at us everywhere. I'm constantly listening to it. You can't get away from it every five feet. I know I live in LA. I know we're a little bit of a, we're on steroids in terms of how we deal with these things. Uh, eh, you know, you can learn a lot from that, but uh, other areas might be gentler, lighter. You might be like, yeah, I don't encounter all this. Great, props to you. But I'm working with a lot of clients in um, LA or other cities, and this is something that they're up against. And we were just kind of in the last segment saying unfollow and mute, you know? Also, I know I'm personally very specific with the brands and companies I'll work with. I don't wanna work with a company that's not mental health centered, and a company that talks about calorie counting or weight loss is not mental health. Uh, it's also not physical health. We know that dieting doesn't work. It's got like a 98% failure rate, and that often what creates the issues with uh, higher weights is the up and down yo-yo dieting. And so I want nothing to do with that. It's not mentally sound at all. Um, and I want you all to be aware of that as well. Be very thoughtful about products, articles, uh, influencers, wellness people. They're often not trained in wellness. That's, that's a buzzword that has no policing. Like, I'm a wellness influencer. Okay, cool. Like, so is my mom. You know what I mean? Look at credentials. Look at training. Is this person an expert? Because if not, they're pulling from other experts. Go directly to the other experts. Some people curate really great things, but they don't necessarily have understand the nuances or the critical thought because they don't have the training. And so sometimes they're just going along with some standardized ideas as to like, you know, what we think is healthy or whatnot. So be very thoughtful about that. Um, also, Got to kind of keep an eye on yourself. Remember to check in on yourself. How am I doing around this topic? That's why I bring a lot of these topics up. It's like that check-in. It's me saying like, hey, are you paying attention to this? Are you tracking this? Are you working on this? Because these are the kinds of things that our culture doesn't bring up and in. They'll remind us to keep checking in on our calorie counting and our weight loss, but they don't remind us, are you harming yourself in your calorie counting and weight loss? Because it's not always inherently healthy to be eating healthy and working out a lot. A lot of people are overtraining and participating in disordered eating. Cheat days is very disordered eating. Uh, calorie counting can be very disordered with its eating. Meal prep for a lot of people can be very disordered in its eating. Having good foods versus bad foods can be eating disordery for some people. Some people are overtraining. Some people are training when they're not feeling well. Some people refuse to not train while on vacation. Some people pass on going out with friends to train or pass on going out on dates or with friends because of the you know, inability to control food items on the menu. Like that's disordered eating. When your life is negatively impacted or the important relationships or things you wanna participate in are negatively impacted because of your anxiety around the gym and missing it or food, you might wanna sit down with a therapist. That's a really good indicator that you have some work to do, right? We're trying to loosen the hold and the power around these different things. So do a check-in. Um, also, listening to your body. My body will tell me when I need to rest. My body tells me when I need to move. When I'm at the gym, my body tells me when I'm done. I have a general sense of what I'm going to do, but if my body's like, I'm done, then I'm done and I go home. Even if I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to run my butt off. If my body's like, no, then I listen to it. Same thing with foods. <laughs> We've really gotten detached from our natural body signals as to what our body wants. We're constantly telling ourselves to do things that our body isn't wanting, where we're, how we're sitting, how long we're sitting, where we're sitting, how we're moving, right? So when you're off time, please start to honor your body. Please start to honor your body, excuse me, and replenish it, right? We want to be making sure we're getting enough sleep. One of the big things I've been working on all year is staying properly hydrated. That was a big thing that was impacting my mental health and my physical health, right? So getting enough sleep, high quality sleep, again, the, the, the hydration. And also for those that have found their own practice, stay in it. For some people, it's therapy, right? For some people, it's journaling. For other people, it's um, community that they stay close to. But remember, it, the work isn't a one-off. This mental health and this topic specifically is ongoing work. It's, it's never just done. 
And so what I mean by that is you have to keep it up. You have to stay in it. The world will pull you back away from it. Stay connected to your community. Keep listening to those podcasts. Keep reading those books that are tied to mental health or body positivity. Keep setting boundaries with people in the world around you. Keep curating a world around you that really reflects all the diverse creative ways that we can exist in the world. You know, um, so it's on us. It's on us to both look at the world we're participating in, but it's also on us to look at the world we're creating. And that's why I want people that don't feel um, like they're struggling with these topics to be aware that others are, people in your life, people you care about, and they might not feel like they can advocate for themselves. So check in on that with yourself. Am I constantly talking about these things? Am I constantly shaming things? Am I constantly shaming the bodies of those around me? Am I constantly talking about how I don't ever want to have the body that some of those people closest to me have and they're hearing me talk about that by weighing in on myself? Like that's a very indirect way that that can happen. We just want to be aware of ourselves. That's all that mental health is, is that consciousness, right? But also setting those boundaries, but that consciousness of how we're impacting ourselves and those around us. A lot of these things have gotten very normalized and we want to kind of shift that. Um, all right, so coming up next, we're going to be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any question you got, here to answer it. If you want uh, me to drop deeper into a topic or cover a topic, you can also put it in there, and producer Alex will let me know. And uh, past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. Bam, there they all are. You can post, binge, share, re-listen. Uh, lots of great stuff back there. But uh, we'll be back. We'll be gliding into those DMs. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to glide into those DMs, brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I was wondering what you thought about using porn as a stress reliever. I've been turning to porn over weed recently, and I've been feeling better. I'm worried, though, is this just another temporary fix to my anxiety and stress? Um, well, we're always going to need temporary fixes for our anxiety and stress. That's what we call coping mechanisms. We will always need coping mechanisms. Please don't think that the work or the goal is to just be able to tolerate everything on our own without the care or support of something or someone, nor do we need that. We will always have access to some coping mechanisms. And if the ones that you have chosen are very accessible to you, then all's well. But the goal isn't to just deal with the oncoming deluge of depression and anxiety and whatever else. Coping mechanisms are appropriate. They're healthy. Why, why, why not use the support of something? Um, I don't know what made you choose cannabis. I don't know why you walked away from cannabis. But if porn is making you feel better, well, then all is well. If it's just you don't like the idea of needing the support of something, well, welcome to humanity. We all will need the support of others and coping mechanisms. Coping mechanisms are a healthy part of mental health. They help us, right? Porn use can also be a self-care when it has a beneficial impact on you like it, like you said it is. So enjoy it. I think the problem is when we only have one thing to turn to, if that one thing isn't always available. But if it is, well then cool. I start every single day with a cup of coffee. It gives me a little bit of energy. It makes me happy. It helps me with my mood. I will always have access to coffee. And if there's a day where I don't have access to it, I'll be fine. I'm okay with that. I don't need to come off of caffeine. And some people will say, oh, but how hard it is to come off implies how addicted to it you are. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with using medications to help my serotonin or dopamine if needed. I'm okay with taking blood pressure medications to help make sure I don't get heart disease or a heart attack and die. I'm okay with going to the gym, which is an artificial use of movement as opposed to just running through the streets. Like we're allowed to use artificial methods. We're allowed to be dependent upon medications and coping mechanisms. That's humanity. We're all dependent upon a thousand things. Your car to get to work, your television electricity to run your life, food to sustain yourself. You know what I mean? Shoes so you don't hurt your feet, coffee to wake up. Um, you're allowed to use porn if you're stressed out. Str porn and masturbation are great forms of self-care and coping mechanisms. So is food. There's nothing wrong with using food to regulate our emotions. As long as we have access to other things, 
right? And it's not causing a negative outcome or harming. And sometimes like with porn and sex, we just don't like the idea of it because sex scares us. And if we can read, you know, let me say it like this. If you use reading as a coping mechanism and reading makes you feel better, do we have a problem? No, because we're very comfortable with the idea of literature and books. We need to get more familiar with sex. Sex is a great form of coping for many people. And there's no reason why it can't be a permanent solution. No coping mechanism is the most ideal thing permanently because we need diversity. So maybe sometimes instead of watching the porn, if you're anxious, try to check in on some other things, such as calling a friend, writing about it, you know, moving your body, going and being distracted to get time away, going and taking a nap, sometimes masturbating and looking at porn, sometimes maybe having sex with your partner or a friend. These are all acceptable right brain activities to work on nervous system and psychological regulation. The only thing that puts an evaluation on them is culture, and that's arbitrary and made up where we think these are better than those. None of that's real. As long as it doesn't hurt you or someone else, we're good. Watching porn doesn't hurt you or someone else as long as you're paying for it because those performers earn a living from making those films. So as long as you're paying for your porn, all is well. But yeah, sure, let yourself realize that you have other methods of coping available by taking a pause and sometimes using something else, but maybe not. Some people love after the long, hard day to always have that glass of wine. Some people love after a long, hard day to watch their favorite TV show. Some people after a long, hard day love to cook a nice dinner. And some people after a long, hard day want to masturbate and watch porn. None of them are more better than the other biologically or psychologically. In fact, masturbation and orgasm helps reduce rates of cancer. And if you're a penis owner, especially helps you with prostate health. Um, so that has actual, you know, really powerful, beneficial outcomes. So love your question. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always here to answer your questions or to cover whatever topic you might want us to cover. Feel free to put that in there. And uh, want to check out past episodes, go over to wearechannelq.com. All the episodes are there. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. Bam, blam, bam. But uh, spend your weekend rooted in tons of rest, as much rest as possible, tons of self-care. And carve out a lot of time for just joy and pleasure has no other outcome other than I just enjoy my experience of being with something or doing something or eating something. We need more pleasure in our lives. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night. Gliding into the DMs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 